Welcome to Off The Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy. Yes, hello and welcome to Off The Bench for another weekend. Jason Matthews here, Satsy on holidays. In fact, let's give him the entire summer off. He'll be back on Off The Bench uh, just in time for the 2024 NRL season. Welcome to the show, Broncos Premiership winner, Brent Tates joined myself and Rat Matty Rogers earlier in the week to review the NRL Grand Final and to discuss kangaroo selections. Geez, there's been some controversy uh, around that. Uh, we'll talk to Tatey about that. I mean, the, the big talking point, obviously, is Val Holmes. Uh, we'll also join by cricket legend Ian Healy, who has given us a bold prediction for the ODI World Cup, which has gotten underway, with a lot of weighing on a match between Australia and India Sunday. It's a very bold prediction, but wait till you hear it. Maybe he's right. Uh, but we've got to kick off the show tonight with Dual International Matt Rogers, who has been on the show with me all week this week, and he's been fired up. He loves to flap his arms around and all that sort of stuff, and he, he gets really excited. But at the moment, the Wallabies, he's, he's disappointed. He's frustrated, just like us uh, sporting fans, but obviously playing 40-odd tests uh, or caps for the Wallabies. He's got some really good insight and... There are some issues around grassroots uh, rugby in this country. And I tell you what, Rack got fired up. And I tell you what, he got the text machine exploding as well. Let's kick off the show with this. I feel like I feel like rugby yeah. right, has been hanging on by a thread for so long and it just keeps surviving. And I just really feel like if there's not something significant, if there's not radical change now, mm. then they just can't keep surviving like this. It'll just be, it'll be gone and it, it'll be sad. Sorry, can I – is it hanging on by a thread? I mean, I'm sure the viewership numbers are terrible at the moment. We're, mm. we're out of the World Cup, our worst performance in the World Cup. We're out. We're, there were no chance of making the quarterfinals. Uh, the, no. it, we need a miracle. Well, we are a chance, but we're no chance. It's a miracle. Right. It's a million yeah. to one, right? But the thing is, are we hanging on by a thread? I think that thread is, is gone. And, and, and the, you talk about the problems, right? You, you played the game. You played 40-odd mm. tests for the Wallabies. 46. I said 40-odd. Yeah, okay, well, 40 even. even. <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. Uh, yeah. but, but the thing is, though, what are the problems? Well, it, it, and, and one thing that I like what Phil said, like they understand this is a, a systemic issue that is, it's not like everybody's pointing the finger at Eddie Jones and the high level, like the, the elite part, like the, 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 the Wallabies. But it's bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. It's 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 the retention, recruitment, elite pathways, you know, holding onto their talent, all that sort of stuff. It, it it's so much bigger, and it's just going to take a lot of time to sort it out. And you're you know, saying they, there's no solutions, there's no they're, ideas. They're, they're, well, they're, there's not a, not at this point. They haven't come up with a solution at this point or a plan at this point. They need to go away and sit down and go right. This is where we're at. Let's just peel the curtain back and go right. What are we going to do here? Do we do we do we you know start completely again or is this working and that not and we have to get rid of that and yeah, I don't know I mean I don't know where they're at but I, I that they need radical change and you know I feel like the wallaby jersey over the last you know probably four or five years it's just a it's just something that's been handed around you know like this is our national team this isn't a club team this is our national team and I feel like people are get are getting a, their hands on that jersey um I wouldn't say 
Well, well you know, it's a, it's a product of the situation. It's a product of circumstance. You know, our players are getting thrown into a Wallaby jersey before they've really proved themselves. But where do you prove yourself? There's such limited rugby of a high quality that we get to play in this country that it's sort of like we're just throwing these young men to the wolves, basically, and going, okay, sink or swim, and see how you go. And, but um, is, you know, it's been a lot of sinking. Is that the fault of the CEO and the board, or is it the fault of yes. the coaching? What about the coaching committee? What about well, the coach? Well, yeah, the coach has to wear some of the, the blame. But but I've seen enough in passages of play against the All Blacks, against, you know, against opposition to know that there's some coaching there that's right. But there's not the quality of player that's used to doing it for 80 minutes week in, week out that can manage to do it for week, for 80 minutes against and when, when you put them against you know world-class opposition. They just can't do it. They can't do it for 80 minutes because they're not equipped to do it. They're, they're just not prepared. They're, they're, they haven't had the experience. They haven't been put under the furnace. What, they haven't been put under the blowtorch, Jace. Has, has the question ever been answered from the board? Why was David Rennie sacked? We were performing a lot better under him than we were under Eddie Jones. Now, yeah, J- Jace, listen to me but no, no, before but, you go. Yeah, before you go on, that's a fair question from a an Australian sporting fan. Uh, we were performing. We were performing better under him than we. And I know Eddie's making all these changes, but has that been the right decision? But is that enough? No, we, I'm we not saying be, it's enough, but at no, least but we're competitive. But at least yeah. we're competitive. Okay, yeah, but I don't want to ever be in a position where we're not going out to win the World Cup, or we're not going out to win the Bledisloe Cup. And in the last 20 years, it's like it's, our confidence and our um, excitement for the Wallabies is slowly being eroded away. And we've got to a point now where it's like, ah, oh, it'd be good if we won, but oh, yeah, no, look, oh, well, that's the Wallabies. But that's the worst position to be in. And, and I would hate to be a player knowing that the fans just don't expect us to win. I, I, like that expectation comes with the, the, the honour of wearing that Wallaby jersey. You go out there and you go out and you go out to win. And right now, I don't think our, our team is, is, is being put in a position but, to be able to, 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 for us to have that expectation based on, you know, what is afforded to them in terms of, you know, regular competition and you Brad, know, development and recruitment and all that sort of stuff. Here I was worried tonight that we didn't have much to talk about. Mm. Uh, a former Aussie cricketer, Ian Healy, joining us uh, in a moment to preview the ODI World Cup, which kicks off tomorrow. I, th- my point is, 12 months ago, we yep. were just losing to the All Blacks in Melbourne. Remember that? We just lost That's... to the All Blacks in Melbourne this year. We ju- oh, then... Sorry, in, in New Zealand, we only just lost to the All Blacks. But then what about the fact that we actually beat <laughs> Wales in Cardiff 12 months ago and this year we were pantsed 40-6 to 6 at the World Cup? Yeah, I know. And the Broncos beat Penrith in Penrith in round one this year in the NRL. Are they in the oh, – sorry, what country do they play for? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying – like games I'm comparing can apples I'm with ta- apples, mate. No, no, I'm talking about a consistent level of achievement, a consistent level of achievement that we look to when we look at, at our national teams. We want to, we don't want to, we don't want to be be the team that gets beat up on, and we shouldn't be the team that gets beat up on based on what we have at our disposal in this country in terms of talent, and in terms of um, you know our history. We shouldn't be that team, and we are, we are now. 
and they need to address so it and they need to fix it. Well, I think it's a combination of things. It's not there's no silver bullet, Jace. There's no there's no silver bullet for this thing. It's going to be a slow, painful Who's rebuild. Who's put us in this position? Who administration? Has, okay, administration. Get rid of, do we get rid of them? Do we get well, rid of the board well, and the administration? Well, it's a combination of, of 20 years of it. Have they been there for 20 years? Has this administration been there for 20 years? I listened to Phil War today speak, and I, and, I, and I truly thought, and look, you know, I'll, I'll put my hand up. War is a mate of mine. But I listened to him speak, and I listened to him address the issues at hand and, and, what, and some of the things that they think that they need to do to fix it. And I thought, wow, that, that sounds, that, that's good. And I, and I don't, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be hoodwinked and think, just say it, you know, you're saying it, but are you going to do it? Now, I, I will say this, some of the stuff that Phil addressed with me, this is before, before he was the CEO of Rugby Australia, some of this, the stuff Phil talked about today in his interview that he had, and this is a long interview, and if you can jump online and watch it, you'll understand what, you know, what he's saying, that there are a lot of issues that need to be addressed. Um, and we talked about this the other night, Jace, about, you know, New Zealand are, are suffering the sort of, not, not, they're not suffering because um, the, the same fate as Australia, but it's hard to look at the All Blacks now and say, oh, you know, they're as strong a team as they were, you know, 10 years ago. Mm. Like, they're not even close to that. You know, and, and that's based on, you know, the fact that, most of their competition is against Australia and it's subpar competition and then they go onto the international stage and it takes them a while to find their feet again. Now, they're, they're doing that and they've done that in, in, in their recent match and I know they got beat by France, but they'll be okay. I think I've, I've got the New Zealand as my Smokies to win it. Well, they shouldn't be Smokies. Isn't that funny? You're calling. I'm sorry to all our listeners through SENZ. Yeah, yeah they uh, shouldn't be Smokies. Text your hatred I, I, uh, I think, right now, double eight, double three. I think they'll play. I think they'll play New Zealand. I, I think they'll play France in the final. That's that's my tip. Um, but what what I'm saying is Australia. There's so much to address in terms of you know the quality of competition that they're playing in week in week out. The 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 amount of teams that we have professionally in Australia. The the retention of junior talent that we have and that they don't get lost to rugby league. That um, the elite pathway that once they retain those players, how do they hold on to them? What do they do between you know mm. being a 17 year old or a 15 year old and and getting themselves into that Wallaby jersey? Where do they play? What level of of competition are they playing in to make sure that when they get to that higher level, it, it's a it's a progression. Uh, you know, so that's the first have, thing you'd fix. Absolutely, that that's where I'd be going. I'd yeah, and and. Look, it might. T- it sounds like it's going to take forever, but you think about if Rugby Australia held on to its top, you know, fifteen players. Well, here's a perfect example, Jason. Ten years ago, in in two thousand and thirteen, my son was playing for Bond University Colts, and he was rated as the number one Colt in the country, um, best under twenty ones player. He was eighteen at the time. Um, the 17 at the time, just finished school. The the Queensland Rugby Union came and met with him and said, oh, you're, our, you're the number one cult in the country. We think you're, you're absolutely fantastic. You're killing it. They told him everything he wanted to hear. And then they said, and we'll see you in a year and we'll just see how you're going in a year. No, no, no contract. No. Now, this is a different administration than what's there now, okay? A different administration. Mm-hmm. So, so if you just bear with me for a second. Yeah. So he's now 27. So if they got it right with him then and many other players that would have been around his standard then, 
put him into a program, elite pathway development. He's 27. He's the guy that's at that World Cup right now in his prime. Mm. So that's the issue. So that's why we're at where we're at. It's not as simple as, oh, yeah, it's the coach. Get rid of the coach. Put a new coach in there. We'll fix everything. It's bigger than that. So, so I get but it. we did. We did put a new coach in and, and thought that would be the fix. And we have gone backwards. You can't deny that, Rat. We, 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 they thought, the, the board thought, well, we've got to get rid of Rennie because we're not going to be competitive at the World Cup. We need, we need Eddie Jones back here to, to, to lead Australia. And, and, mate, I was all for the decision. I thought, this is great. I saw, saw what Eddie had done before with rugby in Australia. But the fact is they made that decision and we have gone backwards. Now, I'm not saying we should get rid of Eddie Jones, but Pathways is going to take like 10 years to yeah, fix Australian uh, rugby. And it is. It is going to take that long. And uh, we've got a message here, David, from Benora Point. He says, as long as the sun rises in the east, uh, Matt Rogers will not criticise Phil War and Eddie Jones. Jones is the reason the Wallabies failed at the World Cup. I, no. He, he's a re- he's, he's a, one, he's of, the one of the reasons. Absolutely. He's not the reason. Um, you know, we left some players at home that, you know, I think could have been at the World Cup. There's that's no question Jones's, about it. That's Jones's decision. Yep, absolutely. Um, he left some players at home. But he didn't leave a World Cup winning squad at home. He left guys that had failed at World Cups previously. He's trying to look he's trying to do something different. So I don't I don't begrudge him for that. What I don't like um, with what Eddie's done is the way he's handled the media. I think that's been incredibly poor. It's not endearing at all. And we're trying to get people to watch the game. I don't I don't agree with the way that um, Hamish McLennan has told people, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Should he go, uh, Rat? Uh, you know what? Um, does the um, fish rot at the head? Well, someone's got to take responsibility for it. So does he go? Well, has he, how long has he been around for, Jace? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know either. But if it's, been, if it's, ten, if it's in the 10-year range, you've you got to think, well, why hasn't, why hasn't the issues, you know, similar to the issues that I just addressed with you around my son back 10 years ago, like, well, why hasn't that been addressed? What, why mm. aren't we keeping our best players? And why are we saying just sit tight and we'll come back in a year? Like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I walked out of that room, um, put, sent, his, sent his video to a couple of league clubs, and I had three of them fighting, my, fighting over him. And he wanted to play rugby. This is a kid that wanted to play rugby. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. You got any issues with Ian Healy? He's joining us uh, on the show oh, now. Heels. Heels. He got has... my car washed at his place the other day. It's beautiful. <laughs> Good job. Heels, welcome to Sports Day. Hello, Jake. G'day, Matty. You've just hey, you've just fired up, have you? Oh, mate. Yeah, not really. No, yes, <laughs> I have. But that's it's... not the first time this fortnight either, is it? No, no. It's been a it's been a tough go, mate. I've been I've been talking rugby for the last month um, on Stan, and um, it's it's just getting to the point where I'm 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 starting to go grey heels. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Oh well, hey, yeah. uh, we'll be right, mate. Portugal will win on Monday. Oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs> I love your optimism, Hills. I'll take a, I'll take a, I'll take a, a bet with you on that one, Hills. Uh, if you're up for it. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll have a little tenor, tenor with you, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm only saying winning. They mightn't win by enough. Yeah, well, well I'll tell you, like in the last game, uh, it, it made, 
Woogie was supporting Portugal against the Wallabies. So, oh, mate, he's, a, he's bad. He's bad oh, news, this bloke. Well, I love Nando's. So, you've, got a, yeah. you've got a black heart, Woogie. No, yeah. mate, I, what, I want, what I want, Hills, is I want change at Rugby Australia. And I, I was, I'm fearful that because of that win, that we'll just go, oh, well, we finished off, you know, strongly. We didn't make the quarterfinals. Let's move on, you know. And I nah. think, I think sometimes it takes a shock loss like that to force real change. Well, Fiji wasn't a shock yeah, loss well, for the first time in 50 years. <laughs> if they're not shocked by now, they're numb. They're numb and yeah. they're not going to feel the next one. Rightio. So they really do need some crisis management and to get going. Yeah. Rightio. Um, let's move away from rugby and let's move <laughs> away from rugby leagues. It's now officially cricket season uh, because the Sheffield Shield, uh, Queensland, New South Wales, were doing battle today. But let's talk about the ODI World Cup. Commences uh, tomorrow with the reigning champs, uh, England uh, taking on New Zealand in match one. I haven't had a lot of chat around England's chances, um, Hills, but on paper, though, I think they look like a better team than the 2019 version. Uh, yes, you sort of forget exactly how they did it in 2019. They were in their own conditions, so that's an advantage to them, I guess, and they had those advantages, plus a good team. This one certainly looks good on paper. I'm not. Sh- it's only sort of weakish point is it spinners, right? So they've got Mo and Ali, and they've got Adil Rashid, a, a leggy who, well, yeah, yeah. If the if the wicket's helping them and they're spinning the ball, um, that they they'll do a job. But what they do have is a lot of power. Josh Butler's their captain, and he'll lead from the front. But Ben Stokes, Johnny Bairstow, um, David Milan, they just they just chock full of power and and enough technique, you know. So uh, and then their bowlers are crafty. They've got Sam Curran. Uh, they've got uh, bowlers that are fast enough and have got good slow ball variation. So so they're very crafty. But but you know this this World Cup is a real challenge for anyone who's not you know living on the subcontinent every year. Um, it, it's going to be very difficult, and and if you make runs up front, if you make three fifty to four hundred, doesn't really matter how how good your bowling attack is, you should be able to defend it. But making three hundred and fifty up front is the challenge, and there's pressure on everywhere. Heels, we've we've won the World Cup five times, the Aussies. That's that's an, an yep. amazing achievement in itself. Mate, what are our chances going into this one? And and are we a chance of playing England in the World Cup final? And someone man-catting Johnny Bairstow. I reckon that'd be the, that'd be the oh, greatest. Man. That'd be amazing. That'd be something special. And you just walk all the way out with him saying, you haven't learned a thing, have you, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> but but um, our chances, uh, our chances, we could go into the pack. So, so this format is 10 teams. You play nine games. You play everyone yep. once. And then there's four teams that make the semis. So there'll be a lot of reliance on run rates. Uh, having a bit of luck with the weather. It seems to be pretty rainy over there at the moment. So you mm. might share points, which might help one one of the two teams. One of the two teams was going to lose, but they get a point because of a washout. Um, and, and so you've just got to be very mindful of that all the way through. Two semifinals, one final, that's it. Um, so I don't really, we don't know how. The, there's no pool. So you don't know who's going to play who in, in the knockout stage. Um, wow. Australia's chances, I feel, on Sunday night, if we beat India, right, we'll win the World Cup. And that's Ooh. 10 games away, 11 games away. Wow. Right? This one, we, we need some confidence right now. 
We've been very patchy. We've been very disrupted with our preparation. We've had injuries to Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, Pat Cummins. Um, Marcus Stoinis has gone missing now. We haven't heard from him for about three games. So, mm. so um, and Maxwell's just got back in and got got some form. But as a team, we need some real confidence, and we'll get that if we beat India uh, on Sunday night. And and then it'll be very, very hard for anyone to get on top of this Australian side because we've got a very good top order that's performing well at the moment. Then middle order power, uh, which got a little bit of a run last night. Glenn Maxwell, 77 from 71. Cameron Green, if he plays, he's now got 50, not out of 40. And he started really slow. Mm. Um, and so, so those type of blokes we've been missing. And then we've got, you know, a pretty good bowling attack to that, that can adapt to those conditions. So... So, yeah, Sunday is a massive game and it's first up. Oh, geez, Warner's been good with the bat in the lead up to this. Oh, he has. Ter- terrible with the ball. Let's not give him the ball again. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, oh, geez, I love that. I love, I love him and Marsh opening the batting. And don't forget, Hills, we've got Travis Head to come back from that broken no. hand. Yeah, that, that will be nice if he can come back and be in decent form. Um, it'll be hard to imagine that you, you're in a plaster till halfway through a World Cup, then come back in and go well right from the word go. But yeah, Mitch, Mitch Marsh, he was he was slow last night, wasn't he? Two sixes, two fours, thirty-one or forty-eight balls. But Warner was taking up the slack, and as you said, Warner's making runs. But I've got one. I'm I'm just hopeful that he's just running himself into form and and not really as diligent after. 50 runs as he should be. You know, he's made, mm. oh, I'd reckon, five fifties, almost five fifties and six knocks or 40s or 50s. I, I need him to go on to 100. Someone in your first three need to go on to a bigger than a 50 score. Um, and, and that sets up uh, all that middle order power can then relax and go. Um, so, Davey, I just want a little bit more uh, to, you know, time at the crease for him. But his bat swing looked great last night. Uh, foot, footwork's a thing of the past, really, especially in one-day cricket. It's sort of going out of the game in tests. But he, he stood and delivered very solidly yesterday, and his bat speed was good. So that hasn't always been the case in the last you know, two years. Mate, uh, Lubbershane's replaced Ashton, Ashton Agar in the lead-up to the World Cup. Do you, do you think Marnus has taken his opportunity? Yeah, very much so, uh, Rat. He's... Um, yeah, so whether whether I don't know whether he got lazy or just fell into a form slump for him to be omitted from the one day team um, is only he'll know. He probably won't admit to it, but he certainly got the message, and he's out making every every uh, post a winner now. He he's lifted his run rate. So last night he made forty, I think it was, and he batted at a strike rate of one hundred and thirty. That's that's one hundred and thirty runs for every hundred balls you're facing. So, and that's sort of minimum. If if your top order get you off to a good start, everyone's got about tried about at about 140, and that's how you post a score of 350 to 400. Um, and especially when you get your six hitters coming in. So yeah, he he's going he's going excellently, and he can play a real role. Now now you wouldn't bat him every time. I don't think they have been. But if we're if we're two for 200, two for 180. I'm not putting Marnus in next. I'm putting Maxwell in next or yeah. a Stoinis type or someone who can flog sixes. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the tactics of, of the Australian. 
Mate, I, I remember growing up heels, watching you play one day as in the Australian teams back in the day, and 250 was just, it was a big score. You're thinking, oh, yeah. wow, that's, that's a great score. Yeah. Do you think the 2020, that's obviously had a huge impact on the way these young batters are coming through. It's, it's obviously had a huge impact on the way they're playing one day as. Yes, I think so. Um, they they know their limitations. They found new boundaries. You know, yeah. I, I think the the bats are better. The men are stronger. They practice full time and they really practice their bat speed type drills. And they know if they get it anywhere near the middle of their bat, they'll be able to hit it for six. And the boundaries mm. are coming at the same yeah. time, right? Yeah. yeah. So so they know if I swing hard enough and get it somewhere near the middle, it's going to big sweet spots. How many times do we see it? How many times do we see a batsman caught on the boundary right where the fielder is, right? Yeah. They don't even consider the gaps. You know, we would have said, right, um, we're going to try to hit this hard and I've got to get it into that gap in case I mishit it. That, they, they put those first two thoughts out of their mind and just go for six. And well, that's why they exciting. get out sometimes. But, yeah. but yeah, that, yeah, it's exciting, mate. And, and they're, they're playing some massive innings. But they're, yeah. they're reverse hitting for six now. They're scooping for six. They're swapping hands. It's really tough for the bowlers. Oh, Inglis last night was doing exactly that. Uh, Hills, hey, um, isn't it interesting? You talk yeah. about rat. You talk about those the olden days with Hills. The olden days, getting those two hundred fifty. <laughs> yeah. I've been retired for twelve years too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Marsh. Mitch Marsh was perhaps channeling his old man last night when he used to make a hundred off one hundred and twenty-five balls. Hills, yeah. maybe that's what he was doing. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good call because Swampy, well, our, our whole target was be none or one down for 30 after 10 overs, <laughs> then 80 yeah. after 20 overs, and then 160 after 40, and then go for it in the last 10. Incredible. And, and if you've got wickets in hand, we might get to 250, 260. Okay. Well, yeah. now they need 360. That's so incredible. They're both, both innings of batters are under big pressure. So the, the bowlers over here, over in India, they better be crafty. They need to change their speeds, their trajectories. Even the quicks will come in and bowl loopy bounces, loopy slower balls, wide stuff right on the blue line. Um, you, you've got to try to block one side of the field and make it as hard to hit a six as possible. Yeah. All right, Hill's got to go. Um, we appreciate your preview of the ODI World Cup, which kicks off tomorrow night, England versus New Zealand. Australia in action uh, in match five, Sunday night, six. And I love the timing of this World Cup as well. We'll get to see a fair whack. I mean, you yeah. know what Ian Healy just said? If Australia beat India on Sunday night, we should We're win. home. We're home. It's cancel, well, done. Cancel no. the tournament. That's what I'm hearing him say. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> you, you two are like my wife. You're putting words in my mouth. Heels, appreciate your time, mate. Uh, and uh, you'll be back for breakfast tomorrow morning with Paddy Welsh uh, from 6 o'clock on SCNQ and Brizzy. Thanks, mate. Cheers, fellas. Bye. There he goes, the great man, Ian Hill himself. We've got to get to a break. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Berrigan, then it's with Lockie, and now it's with Parker, now it's away for Casey Maguire. Loads it down the back. It's out for Lockie. Lockie away for Carroll. Carroll under Tate. Here's a try. Tate goes in. Did the corner post go? Uh, just to confirm that twice from Rabs, that Brent Tate did score. <laughs> he did. 2006, uh, scoring for the Broncos. Mm, great victory. Geez, they needed him on the weekend, didn't they? All thanks to our mates at Mitre 10 Trade. Brent Tate, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, mate. Still trying to dissect and 
get over my emotions of Sunday's grand final, mate. What a game. But how did the Bronx let that go? Well, you know, I heard some criticism today, Tatey, um, on the Ben Davis show. In fact, I think you were on the show today. Uh, Benny Davis was saying that they really missed um, Adam Reynolds icing the game. Like, when you're up by 16 points, a player like Adam Reynolds should have iced that game for the Broncos. Do you see it that way as well? Yeah, I guess it's hard to argue that, mate, because at the end of the day, I think, you know, the Bronx go and pay Adam Reynolds to come to their club to get them to a grand final and to sort of, and really to to ice those moments, I think. Um, you know, that's wholly and solely the reason they got in there to do that. And look, I'm not putting it all on him by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, I did say this morning, I would think, you know, that last 20 minutes of Adam Reynolds' game, if he had his moments again, I think he'd do a few things different. So, um, yeah, a couple, of, a couple of funny ones, mate. I thought the last tackle play when they went to Pakura, I thought that was a really strange one, and he got tackled. That was probably the first time in that second half I was like, oh, hang on, that that, that was a real momentum shift for me. Um, so I, I think he certainly got that wrong. And then, um, obviously, Panthers, you know, not long after that, just started to find some inroads and, and, and tear them apart. So, yeah, look, mate, it'll be really difficult for a lot of those players to get over. I think um, there'll be a few of them that'll have a have many a sleepless nights around, you know, things they could have done better or moved here when they should have and they didn't, you know, um, all, all fish paper now. But certainly, um, you know, I thought his last 20 minutes, by his standards, he'd certainly want them back again, I'd reckon. Yeah, mate, there'll be plenty of, yeah, you're right, sleepless nights, plenty of scar tissue. I, I know you, you as as well as myself, you probably got moments in games from years gone by where you think, gee, if I'd just done this or if I'd just done that. But this team, Tady, it reminds me a little bit of a of a Panthers team four years ago. Uh, they got beaten in a, in a grand final by Melbourne. Everyone thought they would win. They got beaten. They've come back and they've won three back-to-back. Has this team got the mental steel to be able to get over that game and move on? Because... That was one that, gee, that really got away. Can they, can they write the shit? Because we've seen teams, you know, they, they have these grand final hangovers at times. I mean, look at Parramatta. I mean, they didn't even make the eight this year. Is this team a team that can bounce back? Have they got the culture there? Have they got it right? Well, we see them get back on the horse and get themselves back there in, in 2024. Uh, so, uh, right, you know, well, it's a really good point, and I, I haven't thought about it like that at all but but you're dead right with the, the whole Panthers um, losing that one and then obviously the, the magical run that they've had but I think there's definitely enough quality within that side um, you know they do lose two really good players in Flegler and Herbie Farnworth who I mm. think you know they're top echelon players and they're really hard to replace but um, look mate it's gonna at the end of the day it's going to be up to those individuals and how much they I guess, use this as motivation like the Panthers have done to, to drive their standards. And I think there's definitely enough quality in that side where they'll they'll be in and around, you know, the final next year. But as you know, mate, um, the Panthers are a real anomaly. We haven't seen it for a no. long time. You know, injuries and all that sort of thing. You need so much to go right just to even get there, let alone win one. And, um, mate, there's certainly going to be some scar tissue because, as you said, there's, there's certainly games where you lose and you you go to bed at night and you're thinking if you just moved here or you just done this, things would be different. But you know what? It, it doesn't help. Yeah, no, you're right, mate. So listen, I, there was so much talk about this Broncos attack um, leading into the game and they, and they showed that in you know, that 20-minute glimpse of 
you know, that second half where, you know, we saw their attack flourish. But you must have been proud of their defence, particularly in the first half. I mean, Penrith had all the ball, they were attacking the line, and they just wouldn't, they wouldn't break. Oh, mate, I've, I thought, I hadn't seen a team work as hard as defensively in a long time as what Brisbane did in that first 40 minutes. I mean, mm. they were outstanding. The only try they got was that off that dropout. So, uh, and, and, mate, you're talking about one of the best teams in the competition in the Panthers and have done for a long time of breaking teams down on the edges. And I, I thought their edge defence was excellent, Brisbane. I, I thought their, both their centres defended really well. You know, there's none better than Nathan Cleary what, who can pull a team apart especially on an edge. Um, and I thought re- really early on, they the Panthers really tested them, but they, they held up on the edges where traditionally the Bronx have been a little bit vulnerable, I thought. So, mate, I'm, I'm look, obviously really happy for Penrith, really disappointed for Brisbane because I thought there were some really special performances amongst that crew. Um, you know, some unsung heroes that, that played really well on the night. But at the end of the day, mate, that Panther side is just, it is really just something else. Mm. Yeah, it is. We can't we can't downplay no, that either. I mean, no. the incredible, incredible performance. A team performance from those guys. I mean, Crichton was outstanding was. in the centres. Unlucky not to get the Clive Churchill, well, I thought. I, I agree with that as well. Mm. Uh, Linu at the front. Like It was just one of those performances. I must say, though, I must say, the, geez, they looked... I don't know whether Cleary's... Uh, Cleary reminded me of Munster in game one of State of Origin this yep. year. Just give me the ball yep. in the last 10, 15 minutes. Yep. Do you think, Tatey and, and Rat, do you think um, they look better w- without Luai out there? And and, and this is a guy... <laughs> no, but this is a guy who wants wants a new contract of around about a million bucks a year. Yeah. I, I, I reckon I reckon they handle handle it okay when he's not well, there. Well, well, Jack Cog is not going to be there. So they need someone. Mate, uh, Tady, it's they, a breeding ground yeah, for rugby well, league players. But, Tady, I don't Someone, know. I don't know. I mean, they were down and out when he came off the field. They were gone. They were gone. Yeah. Um, Jack Cogger went on. Some fresh legs. You know, probably helped Ivan a little bit, uh, Nathan a little bit. Um, yeah, but look, no, no. It, I mean, Luai's an integral part of that team, and he's been a big reason why they've won premierships the last few years. Tady, back me up here, mate. <laughs> Oh, I'm probably with Rat, mate. But but look, I will say that last 20 minutes, you could have put me on there, mate. Nathan Cleary would have done that in that last 17 minutes. Um, oh, come on yeah, now. Yeah, now, yeah. now you're stretching it, Tatey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've well, lost well, any well, respect. Well, I'm trying to give him a I'm trying to put in a context. Yes, yes, you're rat. right. That's you're right. All right, I don't need um, context. <laughs> no, no. He, But uh, look, mate, it's funny. You know, the great thing about that performance, Nathan Cleary, is, mate, mate he wasn't great in that first 60 minutes no. by his standards, you know. Like, he missed a couple of tack- tackles on Israel. Uh, Ezra Mam, obviously, that led to tries. Um, he was in the game, but he wasn't certainly putting any stamp or authority on it, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, it was they scored that try, and all it, it just ignited something with him. Mm. And, uh, mate, those few big plays far out, like, oh. yeah. That, that, I mean, the 40-20, that was... Well, as soon as that went over, you just knew that... Yeah, they were coming. On the third tackle. They were coming. Yeah, they were coming. So um, that's a couple of real key moments. You just thought, oh, no, it's not going to happen. But it, and it did. I thought um, Dylan Edwards was outstanding as well. Oh. Geez, he had some tough runs too. You know, yeah. the second or third tackle out of Unlikiest off the man line. in rugby league. Oh, Unluckiest man in rugby well, league. Well, speaking of such, he's missed out on kangaroo selection. Uh, any surprises for you today, Tati? And and obviously the big one is, is obviously the trail being ineligible for selection, although they went and played the knockout comp, yeah, the Curie knockout comp competition on the weekend. Um, how the hell is South Sydney approving that, for starters? 
um, and the yeah. knockout competition over representing your country. Yeah, that, that's a real strange one. I mean, you know, playing for Australia is, is there's no higher, higher honour as a rugby league player when you when you pull on the green and gold for your country. Um, you can you talk about origin. We know how how special that all is, but the green and gold and and, and that 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 jersey, you, you know, should and does mean a lot to a lot of people. So. That, that's a real funny one. I'm with you. I, I don't know how the clubs um, allow that. I mean, ma- imagine if uh, Latrell had a season-ending injury at, a, at that carnival, what, what that would mean to the South season. So, yeah, it's a real surprise that um, some of those guys are there. But no, no real surprises, I think, in the kangaroo side. I, I, I thought uh, KP was probably... Um, Carlin Ponga was unlucky to miss out. Yeah. I don't know whether there's a, an issue with his shoulder that needs to be rested or not. But, you know, Dalian Player of the Year, I thought, um, you know his back end of the year. We know what the the Knights did, and that was off the off the back of you know KP. So um, I thought he was really unlucky. Ado Carr, I thought um, was probably lucky to be there as well. Uh, Murray Tulangi missing out from Cowboys from last year's World Cup. So, but mate, you know most mostly you know all those guys sort of pick themselves, and it's not as big a squad this year either. But Ado Carr was in the World Cup squad, and I think he scored a, a gazillion tries, didn't he, in the World Cup last year? So is that Mao just being loyal? Yeah, possibly. I know, you know, that's one of Mal's greatest attributes as well as, um, you know, being loyal of his players. And when he's done that, he's been, you know, paid back a million times over, especially throughout that origin period. So, um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, there's, you could probably argue why there's a couple there than a couple aren't. But, mate, you know, more more often than not, all those players pick themselves. And there's, there's some really unlucky ones, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think um, loyalty is, is an important part of playing for Australia. And, and um, you know, I, I was told when I made it, they said it's harder to get out of here than it is to get in. Once you're in, you, you just keep winning. And, look, they haven't lost. They won the World yep. Cup. Um, you know, Tedesco is, is the um, incumbent captain. Mal said he would honour that role. And, um, you know, Teddy finished the season off pretty well. Too, yeah, he did. So, he did, yeah. um, Deserves his spot. But, look, you know, when you look at the fullbacks that we've got on offer, gee, it's um, it's a spot that once it's taken by someone else, I don't think it's going anywhere soon. Yeah. All right, Teddy, uh, what are you going to do now in the off-season? Uh, not much, mate, to be honest. It'd be nice to have a bit of a relax. I, I know in about two weeks' time on a Thursday night, I'll be looking for the footy again. Then I'll have to wait and... To the to the next season comes around, mate. But uh, look, I'll enjoy the break, mate. But um, yeah, me Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays are going to be a bit bit different. No, having no rugby league on. Hey, I was going to say, what your thoughts on the scheduling, boys, at, at the end of the season for for these test matches? I I don't know how the clubs feel about it. You're paying a million bucks for a player. Surely, you'd like to have their time off because these blokes won't get back to training till about January. Mm. What's your thoughts, Teddy? Oh, mate, I, I definitely know um, the Cowboys this year and getting their players back late and a whole heap of them from that World Cup last year, you know, they found that really disruptive. Well, I guess at the end of the day, they could use it as an excuse. But, um, you know, I know it was really difficult. Some of them come back really late and only sort of had that month really to, to get ready. And it's a, it's a real balancing act for the player because you, you need, obviously, to have some time off and get away from it. But... Um, you know, you've got to keep doing something when you've only got a month of training before you're playing again. So, look, I'm sure the clubs would love it differently, but, again, there's only a certain amount of months in the year and we've got to get these internationals in. They're, you know, they're still a really important part of the game. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what the alternative is, but 
um, yeah, I know a lot of the clubs, I would assume, wouldn't uh, really appreciate the timing of it. Yeah, you're, you're probably spot on there, Tady, but you're right. It is an important part, you know, developing uh, these Pacific Island nations and their, their rugby league. And, yeah, it is. Um, I, I think it's going to be, I mean, you, you look at that uh, Samoan side. That oh. is, wow, that is yeah. a football side. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be coming up against those blokes. No, you're going to no. be sore the next day, that's for sure. Right now, lads, got to let you go. The local business that values having yours. That's why the Trade Trust might attend. Tatey, appreciate your time, mate. I want you to do bugger all, uh, but work on your tan over the summer. And uh, we'll Careful. catch you during Careful. the next 40 season. I reckon you burn easy. Yeah. <laughs> and Scotty, mate, I, I burn under the I burn under the moon, fellas. <laughs> and, and, and Scotty Sattler sends his love. He's on holidays again this oh, week. Mate, not Can you that believe easy. it? Again, yeah. mate, his life is one big holiday. I always say to Sats, if I ever come back, I want to come back to Scott Sattler. He's got the greatest life for all that. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Here, here to that. Sprint Tate, thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thanks, boys. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Oh, and Chris Nelson, he's got his finger in every pie or on every pulse. I don't know what he's doing, but imagine what you could be buying instead. Nelson, what's on this weekend in Queensland? Big weekend of racing as per usual, Jase. Uh, Saturday we race at Eagle Farm. We have the listed Queensland Cup over a mile and a half, a mile and a half. That's our feature race. Uh, Aquas, Aquas Gold Coast on the poly track. Toowoomba in the twilight zone. And Rockhampton on Sunday. No Sunshine Coast meeting on Sunday. It's uh, Rockhampton. So they are our main meetings Is it over a big the race? Weekend. Big race in Rocky or just no, something no, a bit just different? Giving the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. Just giving the Sunshine Coast a bit of a rest because we have raced there um, Sundays and Friday nights a little bit in the last few weeks. So just give the track a bit of a freshen up, uh, ready for the next meeting, which will be the Sunday after. Rightio, no doubt you've got some tips for us for this weekend. I have. Now, Eagle Farm, race one, number two, Hold On Honey. I thought was very good last start, beaten by Hard To Say. Now, there wasn't much between them on the line. I thought Hold On Honey did a good job up on speed. She's drawn okay. She should get straight across, straight across to the fence here, and I think they'll have their trouble running her down. So race one, number two, Hold On Honey. Then we'll go to the final race. So bookend it hopefully here with race 10, number eight, Steely. Mm-hmm. Uh, New South Wales visitor. Steely's drawn horribly. I wasn't wrapped in the gate, but gee, there's still good money around for Steely. I, I think just a bit of luck in the run or a bit of cover in the run. He might be too strong. He comes through tougher races in, uh, in New South Wales. He's been doing very well in those. So race 10, number eight, Steely. You can back him each way. And Jace at the Sunshine, at the Gold Coast, sorry, on Saturday, uh, on the poly track, race two, number three, Zuma Rudy, I think <laughs> is a good thing. Oh, Zuma really? Rudy, okay. he, loves, he loves the poly surface. Uh, he was very good second up. He was last and ran second, did a good job. I think he'll go one better on Saturday. So uh, he's a horse now. With the poly track, there's probably not too many meetings left on the poly. So some of these horses that really love it, they'll be trying to run them as often as they can in the next month or two, and he's one of them. So race two, number three, Zuma Rudy. All righty. Now, so check out racingqueensland.com for where Queensland is racing today. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit Gambling Help online. .org.au. Have a magnificent weekend or so. You too, Jace. All the best.